Welcome to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. And we are co-hosting in person together today. And uh, it is a hot day in St. Louis. One of the all-time favorite traditions for a hot day like this, Sarah, is ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> and it is July, which is... National Ice Cream Month. And you just educated me a little bit off the air. <laughs> Sunday was National Ice Cream Day. It was. <laughs> I saw a lot of Facebook pictures of, of people enjoying ice cream. National Ice Cream Day. How does one celebrate National Ice Cream Day or National Ice Cream Month? Well, we're going to do that in the studio today. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, their great support of Faith and Family on KFUO. Find them in the sponsor section, kfuo.org. Well, to help us celebrate... National Ice Cream Month, none other than the illustrious Camille Smith, our nutrition <laughs> educator from the St. Louis District Dairy Council, our registered dietitian and uh, nutrition educator here with ice cream. I mean, I mean, here to teach us about ice cream. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for that adjective. And in studio to help us, uh, some familiar KFUO voices here in studio, Sydney Kendall. Good morning, Sydney. Good morning, Andy. When we say ice cream, it's, it's funny how KFUO staff willingly step up and make the sacrifice. It is a sacrifice, but I'm willing to do it. <laughs> and and uh, Kip Allen bringing his his journalistic perspective to the discussion well, today. Well, I figure that we need a an objective and a neutral approach to the virtue of ice cream. Is this a good thing? Is it a bad thing? There are questions that have to be answered. Is it truly a neutral approach, Kip? What are your biases regarding ice cream? Chocolate. Chocolate. Sydney, Chocolate. do you have biases regarding ice cream? Yes. Chocolate chip. Chocolate chip. Sarah? Mint chocolate chip. Mint chocolate chip. Mm -hmm. hmm. I just like it if it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to St. Louis. Although I've had some that was melted wasn't so bad. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> chocolate that's true. milk, <laughs> essentially. It's important to disclose these things early on in the interview. This is true. Camille, do you have biases regarding ice cream? Well, I I am Are a St. Louis District Dairy Council. So you're not allowed employee. to have I any. I think that's part of part of the job. You must love ice cream, and I certainly do. So all of the above in terms of ice cream are my favorites. Do you so have a fun job interview? I, I'm not going to lie; it was. <laughs> do you do you have a favorite when it, ice cream comes in so many varieties, flavors? Actually, today something that I'm going to share with you is one of my my all time favorites. If I had to go with a flavor lately, I really like butter pecan. Mm. Now, I appreciate all the research you did in preparation for today's program. It's a rough job, but really, somebody has to do that job, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> we got an email from Camille pointing out that she had been researching all weekend. Uh, uh, <laughs> dedication. I'm honest. I'm honest about it. <laughs> now, now, describe this research process for us. It involved a lot of eating of ice cream. <laughs> I did, I did, you know, research on the internet, um, the history of ice cream, but I also made it a point to take my family to out for some ice cream in town and out of town in, in our own kitchen. We, we just wanted to make sure that, that our research was, um, diverse and thorough. And, and so I really take, take this job seriously. A good journalistic approach. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Why, why an ice cream month? 
Well, in, in 1984, our president, Ronald Reagan, he designated July as National Ice Cream Month. And the first Sunday, or sorry, the third Sunday of the month was going to be National Ice Cream Day. And he said that that's because ice cream is fun and nutritious, and it's enjoyed by over 90% of the nation's population. So he, he instructed us as Americans to observe National Ice Cream Month events with, quote, appropriate ceremonies and activities. And and while, while my, my position at St. Louis District Dairy Council is certainly to work on behalf of Missouri and Illinois dairy farmers to tell the dairy story, I feel like part of my job as well is to, to do that, um, instructing people on appropriate ceremonies and activities <laughs> for celebrating this glorious July ice cream month. Now, so this was uh, presented by President Reagan. Yes. I, I suppose that's one uh, political matter that we can all get behind. I, I like unified. to think so. I'm was this an attempt to unify ahead. the people? Especially in this day and age. This is something Republicans and Democrats can agree on. <laughs> yes. And those independents. Independents. Yeah. <laughs> it's truly a bipartisan kind of treat. Yes. <laughs> so it's a national, national Ice Cream Day was just, uh, just Sunday. It was. And uh, what... What what really constitutes ice cream? I, I learned about this a few years ago, and I was amazed at that you can't just call anything ice cream. You cannot. There are definitely standards of identity in place. Um, the U.S. Um, Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, put standards in place, so you cannot just call anything ice cream. So simply, ice cream is a frozen food that's made from a mixture of dairy products, such as milk, nonfat milk, cream, um, also some other ingredients, some kind of sweetener, sugar, et cetera, other flavorings, maybe even some stabilizers and emulsifiers to make sure that the the texture and the consistency are appropriate. Also, ice cream needs to contain at least 10% milk fat. And that was the, the uh, I think, the, the determining fact for me when I learned about this. Because, I, you know, you've come, I've come across things in the grocery store that are labeled frozen dessert. Mm. Not ice cream. Right. It's 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 important to pay attention to those labels. And if you do a little bit of research, you can really find out what those labels mean in terms of dairy treats. So if it's fat-free, it's not necessarily ice cream. Right. It, it can be labeled non-fat um, ice cream, and that would contain less than one half of a gram of fat per serving. Hmm. Yeah. Doing my part to educate folks on <laughs> what is real ice cream here. And there are other, as you know, as you've looked through that, that dairy aisle, that frozen dairy aisle, you've probably also seen different designations of ice cream and they're, they're designated by their quality. And, and you might see labels like super premium and how many super premium ice cream snobs do we have in the studio today? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Only super premium. I'd say so. Only super premium? Oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. You're telling us what super premium ice cream is. Super premium as well as premium or regular or economy. Those are other descriptors of ice cream. Those um, are are given those designations based on the overrun. Does anybody know what overrun means? Not in this context. Not in this context. (laughs) I had to learn this one too. Overrun is actually a measure of the volume of air that's incorporated into the ice cream when it's being mixed together. So a super premium ice cream is going to have very low overrun and also higher fat content. So it's going to be... I see some some heads that are nodding. That's the stuff, right? <laughs> um, it's it's going to have a really nice, rich, creamy mouthfeel and made with also really high-quality ingredients. So less air, more fat. Exactly. Makes super premium ice cream. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all for that. <laughs> but could you imagine if there was no air incorporated into it? What would that product be like? Cheese. Yeah, 
it would be really, really <laughs> dense, right? Some air yeah. needs to be incorporated, but there are standards to to ensure the degree of air. It'd be like a block of ice. Yes. It would just be frozen solid and... Not super premium. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so l- is it lower overrun or less overrun? Yes. Less overrun indicates higher quality. So the economy then, I'm guessing, is on the other end of that spectrum. Correct. Um, it's... Economy ice cream meets a required overrun and generally sells for a lower price than regular ice cream. So they accommodate more overrun. Very good. So super premium to economy. And then beyond that would be frozen desserts and things like that. Correct. Non-dairy. The list goes on. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's very highly regulated. Why? I guess just to keep us informed about what we're getting? I think so. I think consumers want to want some kind of a guarantee about the quality of the product mm-hmm. that they're that they're paying for and and to kind of back up the um, the rationale for the price that they're paying for it. Hmm. Did any of you know that about ice cream this this regulation of the the ice cream industry? I have to confess I was totally ignorant of that fact. <laughs> No preparation for today, huh? Uh, no, actually. <laughs> this is why we brought Camille in. She did the research. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, so when did, uh, what's the history of ice cream? This is where I really had to do some research. I really could not find a documented inventor or even a date of origin of ice cream, but did find that its origins reach back to the second century B.C., some sources say that Alexander the Great indulged in snow f- that was flavored with honey and nectar. Even during the Roman Empire, Nero Claudius Caesar was known to send runners into the mountains to restri- retrieve snow that he then flavored with fruits and juices. So it sounds like the earliest iterations of ice cream were more like snow cones, right? Sorbet, <laughs> snow cones. And then if we fast forward a thousand years, Marco Polo visited the Far East and returned to Italy with a recipe for something that was similar to a sherbet. And historians suspect that this was the recipe that evolved into ice cream sometime in the 16th century. I mean, who, Whoa. who, who <laughs> thinks, let's take some, some milk, some high fat milk and mix something in to sweeten it. Maybe even some, some vanilla or some chocolate, you know, some, some bean to flavor it as well and freeze it. Who would think of that? Some very smart Some people. Very smart. <laughs> <laughs> then eventually, I know I'm skipping some some decades, some a um, lot of years here, but eventually it, that creation made its way across the pond. And sources say that there was a letter written in 1744 that refers to the presence of ice cream in the New World. So um, in the what would become the United States. And um, there is documentation by a New York merchant that suggests that President George Washington spent around $200 for ice cream during the summer of 1790. And we also know that President Thomas Jefferson was noted to have a favorite recipe for ice cream. And and that creation was maybe an 18-step process that was very similar to what we know as baked Alaska. Hmm. Now that I've had, that's wonderful. (laughs) Unfortunately, I did not bring that with me today. <laughs> that would have been a true labor of love and commitment to dairy. We, we would need a studio oven for that. I think you have to serve it as soon as it comes out of the oven, don't you? Yeah. And a much more skilled um, <laughs> cook, baker, and dietitian than this one. Well, I am I am impressed that we have found a history topic that, that Kip was not knowledgeable of. <laughs> And I have to thank the International Dairy Foods Association for for providing some an excellent resource. 
Well, that's impressive. I guess thinking about it in context, we're very accustomed to our air-conditioned lives today. Indeed. So it makes sense. You know, frozen, you know, serving a cold treat for dessert or in our house for a meal. (laughs) (laughs) Been there. You heard about my weekend. It's it's dairy. There's there's nutrition in it, right? There's milk in it, so there's nutrition. Absolutely. Um, Ice cream and frozen yogurt, they definitely have a nutritional advantage over other desserts, mainly because they do provide high-quality protein, calcium, and other essential vitamins and minerals. It is true, though, that these nutrients are less concentrated in, in... in these dessert products, and they are in milk, yogurt, and cheese, but certainly a bit of a nutritional advantage over other dessert so options. So you just have to eat more of it. <laughs> Some would interpret it. it that way. Reminder, I am a dietitian, so I love that word moderation, but there's certainly room for some ice cream in your healthy diet. Yes, that's what I tell my doctor all the time. Ice cream in moderation? Yes, in moderation, Modera- doctor. In moderation. moderation. Moderation's for monks. <laughs> Everything to excess. <laughs> and dietitians. <laughs> so you brought along some some ice cream to share today. I did. I hope I hope you're all a little bit hungry. The first creation is going to be fried ice cream. Fried ice cream? Fried. Yes. And Sorry. that sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? Yes. I mean, we couldn't bake Alaska today, so <laughs> we so we got fried instead. It's the next best thing, <laughs> which is which is kind of like what's happening in St. Louis right now. It's more like a steam fry uh, here in St. Louis. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so I did not actually deep fry these ice cream creations. These this is called fried ice cream, but I'll explain the process a little bit. Um, it does appear a little bit crunchy, um, and we'll have kind of that same maybe mouthfeel as some fried foods, but it is not indeed deep fried in oil. Um, it is actually ice cream balls that I did hand shape. That was a labor of love, <laughs> and rolled in a cinnamon and sugar. And um, toasted, what are they called? Cornflake creation. Ooh. So, so I'll, I'll send a picture along. But you can see that what what our friends in the studio are enjoying right now looks to be a ball about the size of a tennis ball. And again, you can create small ones, you can create larger ones, Yummy. and they have a brown coating that looks like a fried coating. So. The, this was a, a relatively, the recipe, the ingredients are relatively simple. Putting it together is probably a little more challenging. It was. I had some laughs in the kitchen <laughs> by myself. <laughs> so you, what was the ice cream that you started with? I started with a vanilla bean ice cream. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just the, the recipe calls for three cups of vanilla ice cream divided into those three cups. You take each cup and, and with your hands, shape that into a ball shape and then, then stick it in the freezer, maybe on a cookie sheet on some parchment paper and let it refreeze because it will inevitably um, sure. <laughs> get a little bit melty. Mm-hmm. And then after a couple of hours of refreezing, you can then roll it in a mixture of two tablespoons of granulated white sugar and one half teaspoon of ground cinnamon. And then you'll, your next step is to roll it in something that you will have hopefully prepared already and cooled. <laughs> that is a tablespoon of butter, um, kind of saute that, and then put in two cups of crushed cornflakes with a half teaspoon of ground cinnamon. Sort of um, mm. saute that around until it starts to, to smell toasty and delicious, then let it cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you're ready to roll those, um, those sugared and cinnamon um, balls into that, that mixture. It's it's quiet in the gallery here. I like I, I like that sound and I, I like crunching. the smiles I see. Yeah. Compliments to the chef. Thank you. 
Wow. At Christmas, we used to take the ice cream and roll it into balls Mm -hmm. and then roll it in coconut. Really? We'd freeze it and then stick a little red candle in it and light the candle and serve it Christmas Eve. Hmm. A fun Christmas. Now, where did that tradition come from? Do you know? I don't know. (laughs) That sounds lovely and festive. Yeah. It was. One recommendation on this recipe was to drizzle some hot fudge on top or some other kind of topping or whipped cream. But I kind of, I left them, uh, you know, fried ice cream balls just solo today because I wanted you to fully enjoy mm-hmm. that flavor. There was really a, a blend of different flavors in mm-hmm. here. What's coming out for you? Uh, I'm tasting the cinnamon. Um, of course, the vanilla is, is coming out very well. And it, it's almost like, um, almost like a graham cracker crust. Mm-hmm. Very similar. Mm-hmm. Nice and creamy. I love all the cinnamon. Mm. <laughs> After chocolate, it's my next favorite dessert flavor. I like cinnamon earlier in the day because it wakes me up. Ah. Mm. I like it so. It's still morning. <laughs> so I should have ice cream in the morning. There you go. Ice cream for breakfast. That's a, that's a great idea. <laughs> it's, it's not a bad okay. concept. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually a perfect segue into what the next recipe will be. I don't want to jump ahead too far, but but thank you for that lovely segue. Mm. Cinnamon. Well, there is cinnamon. There's cereal here, it's a, and 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 we have milk. It's 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 essentially breakfast. Some may justify that it's a breakfast That's food. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. That's During good. July Ice Cream Month, I think we can we can make that stretch. Uh, Kip's wife is going to be calling me soon. <laughs> Why She's lactose intolerant. Why, why, are, why are you advising my husband to eat ice cream for breakfast? And there are lactose-free varieties of, of uh. dairy treats as well. There's something in the dairy in the dairy counter in the dairy freezer for everybody. Now, anybody uh, envision carrying out this recipe at home, making ice cream, these frozen ice cream balls at home? Sure. Yeah, I wouldn't mind trying this. <laughs> yeah, Kip's going to make them at home and not tell anyone about them. <laughs> <laughs> and I, oh, I like, gee, honey, I'm sorry I forgot your lactose intolerant. I'll just have to eat it all. <laughs> your idea of incorporating coconut sounds delicious too. Um, I could also think of maybe adding in nuts or yeah, mm-hmm. lots of other lots of other toppings that would plus up this recipe. Maybe even some fruit. Indeed. Some uh, chopped up fruit in it might be yeah. a, another way to uh, to get fruit into Kip's diet here. <laughs> <laughs> you had mentioned your preference for chocolate. Perhaps some mini chocolate mm-hmm. chips could be rolled into here too. Mm. That's that's not going to add a lot of nutritional value, but it, <laughs> it adds a little bit of tasty value. Mm. <laughs> and there's something to be said for that. M&M's. Rolling in M&M's. <laughs> Wonder how cranberries would be in it. Mm. Um, uh, um, especially with the, yeah, with the vanilla and the cinnamon. Yeah, yeah. Well, some, uh, some toasted almonds. Or bacon bits. Or bacon, yes. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well done, Andy. Caramelized bacon bits, is that better? Uh, Thank you. Thank you. All right, so uh, f- the the ice cream uh, balls, frozen ice cream balls, that uh, apparently was a big hit here with our uh, Team KFUO. And <laughs> Camille has a, a, another treat this morning, and you you have hinted that this is your favorite. This truly is my favorite. A, a beloved family member mm-hmm. taught me about this this recipe, and it, it has been a favorite for years. So we'll call it a coffee float, but... Um, but it, my family knows it as, as mommy's vacation coffee. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I drink on vacation or if I'm just in a vacation state of mind. 
Um, I just brewed some strong coffee. You're welcome to brew wheat coffee, but I will never do that. <laughs> and brewed some strong coffee. And I'm just going to serve it instead of bringing the cream and sugar today in separate form. I brought the cream and sugar in ice cream form. Mm-hmm. So poured a little bit of coffee. And if okay with you, I will spoon in a a conservative scoop of <laughs> vanilla ice cream. I may spill some in the studio. Th- th- these things happen. It's not the first time we've had coffee in the studio. That's, that's why I bring a lot of paper towels. And Our radio stations are fueled by caffeine, not by electricity. <laughs> they certainly are. <laughs> so you made a good point. Typically, many Americans will put cream and maybe sugar in their coffee. Some we'll drink just straight up black coffee. But uh, <laughs> but making it simple, just put a scoop of ice cream. You got your cream and your sugar right there in one. That's exactly what it is. It's just saving time. It's being more efficient. <laughs> well, and then, then you have all those flavors you can do too. Pick your favorite flavor of ice cream and then you have Ooh. automatically flavored coffee. Oh, that's, that's true. Genius. That's true. How many <laughs> how many people buy the the uh, the flavor, you know, the coffee creamers that are flavored? Yeah. Just go straight to the ice cream aisle, huh? <laughs> and there are so many, so many options for ice cream. You could even have a, a, a chunky morning coffee. I mean, some of those that have a little, have the pieces of candy bar, etc. Some substance. Maybe you'll get too. a little surprise at the bottom of your cup of joe. <laughs> uh-huh, <yeah. laughs> the uh, the bunny tracks or uh, moose tracks, things like that. Ice cream that has those, um, like peanut butter cups and things like that in it. Coffee would melt some of that, yeah. I would think. Yeah. What would be Ooh. what would be more exciting than a melty glob of, of peanut butter <laughs> cup at the bottom of your cup of joe? Almost like uh, a latte. Yeah. Yes. Does it put you in a vacation frame of mind? <laughs> well, beer does yeah, that for me. Okay. <laughs> None of us are going back to our desks after this. <laughs> <laughs> so you can call it a coffee float or you can call it a vacation coffee, whatever you mm. prefer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's just saving a step, really. I like it a lot. <laughs> you like it a latte? Yeah. Bad, bad, bad. You know that I appreciate that, Andy. <laughs> Usually I'm the first to go the, the bad pun route. <laughs> you got to hang around here. You really want to hear some what, bad puns. What are, what are your questions about ice cream? Since it's ice cream month, what are your questions about ice cream? Well, the uh, actually, this was a, a question that was raised a little bit earlier. Was uh, the ice cream cone? What's the history behind that? That is an excellent question. So, actually, the ice cream cone was was produced in 1896 in New York, and it was patent, patented in 1903. But the waffle cone, mm-hmm. um, that's the one that has its start at the 1904 World's Fair in St. Louis. The story behind it is Ernest Hamley um, was selling this crisp waffle-like pastry, and he was set up just adjacent to a vendor selling ice cream. And unfortunately or maybe fortunately for Mr. Hamway, <laughs> um, this ice cream vendor ran out of dishes. So Hamway to the rescue, he rolled one of his wafers into um, a cornucopia shape for our Latin scholars, a horn of plenty. And he then <laughs> gave it to the vendor and, um, and, and that really took off. So in 1910, he founded the Missouri Waffle Cone Company. Ooh. It's, been, it's been popular since. It all came from a lack of dishes. Uh. A lack of dishes. So instead, what do we smart Americans do? We make dishes you can eat. I That's like that. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. People love foods that can be used for eating other foods. It was like the MacGyver of the World's Fair. He was. He was. <laughs> 
He, he saw that deficit as an opportunity, hmm. and he really seized that moment. I'm not going to stop selling ice cream just because I'm out of dishes. We'll find a way to make this work, and, well, comes up with the ice cream cone. I mean, the, the, the waffle cone, I should say. Yeah. The waffle cone. The ice cream cone already in existence. Yeah. So rolls the cone. Now, this is slightly different than uh, than my college days and, and what I did with waffles. Uh, I'm the, not the, sure I want to know. They, <laughs> the cafeteria conveniently located the waffle makers right next to the soft serve ice cream. Oh, they moved that back when I got the accident. <laughs> That's true. Sarah and I went to the same same college, Concordia University, Chicago. They moved it by the time she got there because of, of my class. <laughs> You ruined everything. <laughs> the, the waffle, I, the waffle maker, literally was right next to the the soft serve ice cream. I thought that was intentional. <laughs> Make a waffle and then cover it with soft serve ice cream. Clearly, well, and that's go. that's a thing now. There's a there's a place in Maplewood that that is waffles and ice cream. And when my physician told me that I needed a sugar or a, a, a diet lower in sugar. I thought that meant leaving the fudge, the hot fudge and the chocolate chips off of the ice cream. It's an improvement. It's, it's an improvement. We have just about a minute left, Camille. Other, other facts or other things you want to point us to regarding uh, ice cream month? Well, I will say that ice cream is definitely a treat that, that we should be enjoying in moderation, but it certainly does have some nutritional advantages over other treats. So as with any treat that you're consuming, enjoy it. Don't apologize. Be happy about it. Um, and and really, just, just like President Reagan instructed us to do, you know, we should, we should be observing this month with appropriate ceremonies and activities. So be creative and, and do what you will with that instruction. It's our, our patriotic duty to eat ice cream. So that's true. <laughs> and that's the way it is. The St. Louis District Dairy Council on Facebook and online will provide a link as well. What's the, the website? The website is stldairycouncil.org. If you want to visit us on Facebook, we are at STL Dairy Council. And celebrating an anniversary this year, too. We are. Happy 85th St. Louis District Dairy Council. More Faith and Family up next. We'll learn what's going on with Lutheran Heritage Foundation in just a moment. Thanks to our crew. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Concordia University, Wisconsin, and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee, with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs, and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu.